So, Spencer. Yes. One of our listeners reached out to me over the weekend. Okay. They enjoyed some of the topics we've been discussing and wanted me to read a poem, and I figured I would open the podcast with it. Well, okay. So, uh, try not to interrupt. I know you're going to get hot and bothered by this one. It's pretty sexy. Oh, okay. Three rings for the elfin kings under the sky, seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne. In the land of Mordor where the shadows lie, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. In the land of Mordor where the shadows lie, my precious. <laughs> you want to touch that bad boy? No, I'm good. Really? Yeah. It's got the inscription on it. I just wanted to read that because I got a Lord of the Rings ring. Uh, seriously? Yeah. Just, just look at it. Oh, my God. Just touch it. Yeah. Oh. No, we actually did have some people like our elf talk. Um. So that was for you, person of no name. Have, have you finished the first one yet? Are you done? Look how that fits right there. Aww. Isn't that fucking perfect? Covers up the glue mark on the stein. <laughs> well, then hopefully it doesn't get stuck there. It looks like it was supposed to be there. I'm 120 pages in or so, maybe a little more, into the first book, uh, Fellowship of the Rings. Well, They've been in the woods for a long time. The trees are doing some moving, some talking, a lot of walking, a lot of singing. But so far, so good. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying them. One ring to rule them all. I really thought you were going to just pull a Randall. Like, ah, oh, God damn it. <laughs> From clerks, for you folks who are uninitiated. Um, da -ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. I really didn't think of a cold open beyond that stupid Lord of the Rings intro. It's a good book. Okay. First one so far. You need to read them. Okay. You need to read Probably all not. of the books. Probably not, but... And I'm going to get more. I'm going to be Lord of the Rings guy. So I got you... the I got the precious. Now I just need to get some cloaks and stuff. Yeah. That's a, you already got two books about the Lord of the Rings that aren't Lord of the Ring books. What are you talking about, too? Because you bought one. About one companion. And then what was that thing you bought this weekend? That was the companion, wasn't it? What, didn't you, I thought you had something else before that. No, I just had the Hobbit and the trilogy. Though hmm. you have a different, you have two Hobbits, though. Oh, that was the, uh, that's the Irish version of yeah. the Hobbit. I cannot read that yet. No, I thought before this weekend you bought another one that had, like, talked about, like, maps and stuff. That's or, the a companion I, I got. Know. At Barnes & Noble when we were there longer than the convention we went to. Oh, yeah, folks. We went to the Three Rivers Convention this weekend, which will be... Well, convention light, I think, is what they called it. Yeah, it was outdoors. It was very windy and cold. Sunday looked like it would have been a better day to go. Yeah. Still better than that Memento Con I went to in uh, the convention center the, in Pittsburgh. That was bullshit. <sighs> but the Three Rivers was okay because we got to go to a candy shop. Got to go to the Barnes & Noble. What did you buy at Barnes & Noble again? We got Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, uh, um, Robert Louis Stevenson collection for no fucking reason. Yeah. And uh, you got, uh, what, iRobot or something? I I got a, uh, I finally found a, a copy of iRobot with a sweet cover on it. Um, because beforehand all I could find was the shitty small. Will Smith one you hate? Small, yeah, like, not even like the size of the novel would have been fine because it was like one of like, those like cheap, like. $8 uh, paperbacks, but it just had the stupid movie poster on it from like 15 years ago. You hate that one. Why is it, why is it even here anymore? Like, <laughs> who's this for? Is that Asimov? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I found like a, a bigger size book with a cool like December, like, like a half part ripped apart robot on the cover. Right. Uh, and then 
I picked up the, um, I had a gap in a manga series called Dr. Stone. I needed volume 13. I couldn't find it in any of the bookstores I've been at recently. And they had it, so I, I grabbed that too. Well, that's very nice. Lovely, lovely. And I only bought one thing at the convention. That was a book. The same book you bought. Yeah. Uh, I forget the name. Something noir, knife. Uh, like knife in the... Probably should have wrote that down. Um, <clears throat> I bought too much. That's why I know I buy too much stuff. It's mm. not on my list. Let me scan, let me scan, let me scan, let me scan. A Knife in the Dark. Yes. And I don't have the author's name down because I'm a fucking asshole. He's <laughs> a local guy, too. He seemed very nice when we met him. So apologize if you're a listener of the podcast, but I don't believe he is because we did not mention it. And I didn't give him a card, did you? No. I didn't have my cards on me. I haven't used those in a while because we haven't been anywhere to yeah, use them. Right. At least anywhere I'd want people to have my card. We have a good episode today. Hopefully. If you're Maybe. a fan of Squid Game, which I recently watched and we'll discuss after this cold open. Um, Yeah. Just stick around, folks. Spooky, scary skeletons. I don't know the rest of the song. I listen to it every year a hundred times and I don't remember the lyrics. The Monster Mash? We we can't do that every episode. The monster man. There's four different. T- they were doing the mash. It was a graveyard smash. Apparently, uh, the whatever cereal brand that did all the the monster cereals, you know, like the blueberries and all that, you know, count count chocolate and all that. Right. I was gonna say count blackula. <laughs> that was that was a exploitation <laughs> yeah. film in the seventies, not a cereal. Apparently. They're doing like a supergroup cereal where they're putting all the different cereals. I saw that. It's and, at the Walmart. And it's the Monster Mass cereal. I don't know how Walmart. I feel about that. It just rot your teeth immediately. I, 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 uh, there was a podcast I listened to and they tried it and they were just like, it's terrible. It's just so sweet. It's like, I think the, the Count Chocula cereal in it would make it bad. Yeah. Because you got blueberry and other flavors and then you got chocolate. Yeah. Anyway, you are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. We've got to do that spookier. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I need to get like a Van Helsing voice. You are listening to... I don't... I have to watch some shitty dragon movies. Um, I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Cheyenne Changeling Church. Changeling. From Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yeah. It's a city. A it big is. city. In Wyoming. You know exactly where it's at. I knew that place existed when I hit it on the map, and I knew it was a real place right away. I knew Wyoming was the state, as I'm a smart fella. All lies. I didn't know anything about it. I did hear briefly of a Cheyenne. Cheyenne, I already forgot the name. Uh, We are talking about... I'll just... uh, It's not going to be the title of the episode, but I will give you the title of the article we're looking at. 13 books that are as unsettling as Squid Game. Uh, This is by Lifehacker.com, and the article is written by one Jeff Summers, and this came out yesterday. That's why I'm making sure I shout out this guy's work, because that is an actual new article. Yeah, I think that's probably with the newest article that we've probably done in a while. I don't know how reputable Lifehacker is, but the article seems well done. I binged-watched... Squid Game last week, I watched it, thir- I was actually going to watch The Hobbit, mm. and then I found out it was three hours long, and I was like, oh, I can't fucking do that. So instead I watched like eight, nine hours worth of Squid Game. Three, three hours of part one. Part one, yes. Uh, so three Hobbit movies, probably around the same amount of time as uh, 
one season of Squid Game. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed that show. Because uh, I heard a lot of people say it falls off at like episode two and then three or something and then comes back. I liked them all. thought every episode uh, was good. It was how pretty many freaky. Were there? I think nine. Okay, that's doable. Now, some of them were an hour long, but I think there was one or two. There were like 30 minutes. But it's your typical, uh, you know, like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Battle Royale or maybe even like the Hunger Games, you know. Yeah. Bunch of people got to kind of kill each other and it's a game. Uh, this one is more about disenfranchised people. Most of them disenfranchised by their own making. They're uh, greatly in debt for, you know, some gambling, some made poor financial decisions, stock market, whatever it is. You go in millions and millions of dollars. It's, uh, I think the total plot ends up coming out to like 46 billion won, which is, I think, uh, 30 something million dollars. Good chunk of change, enough to change all these people's lives. They, uh, without getting too much into the show, the whole uh, gimmick is they. It's like this island place where they go uh, for whatever, you know, however they come about getting into it. They end up in the squid game. But the catch is none of them know that this is a game to the death. They just think, oh, you lose. You don't win the money. Then the first game starts and it's a kid's game. Red light, green light. Aren't they all like kid games? Yeah, they're all kid games. But it's red light, green light. And none of them are taking it seriously because they don't know there's going to be dire consequences if they lose. Well, the first guy, he's up front. He runs, and there's, like, this big creepy doll lady that has, like, cameras in her eyes. Or, like, not camera, like, scanners that tell if you move. And he moves and gets shot immediately and dies. But they don't realize he's dead. They think he's fucking hurt because he was, like, a clown kind of yeah. guy. He's, like, a goofy dude. They're like, oh, this guy ain't really, you know. And then the other guy has to check on him. And then that guy gets shot. And then pandemonium. And, like, a fucking hundreds of people get killed immediately. So shit goes down. And you're like, okay, I'm hooked. Yeah. And then every... Uh, game. There's six games that have to play total get progressively more intense, and then also you can kill your but like there's no rules against killing your opponents if you want. Not not in the game, like just out of the game because it's like a big prison kind of deal. Uh, they're just in a big room. They essentially have to. Uh, they get to pick if they don't want to be there. If the majority says, "Hey, we don't want to play this game, man. We don't want to die." And again, they don't know. They just think that oh, if you just win the game, you keep going on. It could be as many people. They don't realize it's you know might be only one person can win, which means I think there's like 460 something players, which means only one out of those, play, you know, almost 500 players can die. Yeah. Well, at one point they ended up deciding, you know, we don't want to play this anymore, but then they come back because they get the opportunity. If they could come back if they want, and I'm not going to give away the ending or anything, but it's, it's a pretty fucked up situation. Well, that's a classic trope. If you know the whole, you know, we talk about just hunger games or battle Royale, yeah. but that's like a, that goes back a ways. That's always like a, Kind of a genre of itself is the, you know, group killing, like almost like a competition or the survival of the fittest. It kind of goes back to, you know, the ancient times or even caveman times where it's like, you know, if you're weak, you're going to get killed by the group. That or even just like, um, I think you find that a lot of uh, times, like, you like, uh, like I haven't watched Squid Games, but from hearing people talk about it, it's very like rich people. Fucking with, like, poor people. It's like, a class know, system. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So that's another trope in a, of itself, too. Is and then Well, like, that's a big thing in then, Korean society, because that's how that Parasite movie was, too. It was about, like, the class disparity. Okay. Going into the article, uh, I don't know if these are in any kind of order or not, and I'm not bringing them up on the big screen. No. So you don't get to watch. Mm. Uh, so the first one up on here is one of my... Well, I can't say it's one of my favorite movies, but it was a fucked up movie, and I saw it when I was a little kid, yeah. so kind of, yeah, it hit you a little bit. Lord of the Flies by William Golding. 
One of the most influential books of the modern age, Lord of the Flies, is the Rosetta Stone for stories like Squid Game, exploring how easily humans, in this case tiny ones, because it was a bus full of yeah. English kids, I think, can descend into savagery. While being evacuated during wartime, a plane-carrying schoolboys crashes on a remote island. Without contact with the outside world or adult supervision, the boys form their own society, one initially based on rules and cooperation. As time goes on and rescue fails to arrive, however, the imprinted civilization begins to fade and things take a turn for the dark and horrifying. Unlike Squid Game, Golding isn't concerned with economics, but he is concerned with the fundamental nature of humanity and the group dynamics of desperation. Were you a big Lord of the Flies fan? Uh, I see. We read the book as kids, but no. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, like, if, I don't remember the it. Movie, or at least most of the movie. But yeah, I never read. That's one of those ones. that's like I should probably check that out now. I remember the fat kid with the glasses getting hit in the head with yeah. the rock, and I was like, ah, oh, oh. and then it just was like, whoa, fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goddamn. And like killed what they think is the monster, and it turns out to just be one of the boys because there's like they think there's a monster because they're still very innocent even though they're murdering <laughs> each other. Next up, we have Battle Royale by Koshun Takami. Was this a manga first, or is this an actual book? Um, I guess we'll find out. Because yeah. I've I've seen the movie. I'm assuming this would be the same as based on the movie. I mean, the book, but yeah. movie based on the book, you know what I'm saying? A crueler, darker Lord of the Flies, in many ways, the crucial element Koshun Takami adds to his debut novel is structure. It was a novel. I might want to read that then. Yeah. Instead of crashing in the wilderness, the junior high kids in Battle Royale are brought there by the state, Forced to fight each other to the death as part of a research project slash totalitarian show of force. The kids are given random weapons, survival kits, and compliance collars that will detonate in 24 hours past without a death killing everyone. That's always a, a thing, too, they like to do is you, you die if you don't play the game. Right. So but Squid must... Game is not like that. Uh, that's where Squid Game is unique. You have the chance to just not play. You don't have to play until you're already just set. You know, once you decided you're going to play and you get in the game, yeah. then there's no backing out. But... Before. Before that, or even after that, there can be a decision where you don't have to play. As in Squid Game, some of the kids comply immediately and enthusiastically launching an all-out assault on their peers. Others try to preserve some semblance of their humanity and seek a way to fight back. The parallels are clear and the relationships that develop over the course of the battle are every bit as intense and heartbreaking. There is a movie, I watched a YouTube video on it. It was a Kill Count video. I'm not gonna, I don't remember the title. I don't remember who did it. I think it was somebody famous, like a James Gunn type, somebody like that. But it's set in an office in, like, South America somewhere. But it's just a bunch of white people in the office. And then, essentially, it's the same kind of deal where everything, they get locked in and they're forced to kill each other for the amusement of people they don't know. Next up is The Plotters by Unsu Kim. Sounds like a Korean book. Unsu Kim's 2019 novel is also set in modern-day South Korea, albeit a much darker one. Rae Sang is a contract killer who has spent his life murdering people according to the orders of the unseen plotters who call the shots, but when a colleague is unceremoniously murdered, he begins to question his place in the world. It turns out the plotters are basically this universe's VIPs, the wealthy and powerful who assume they can point at the things they wish to command. Rae Sang soon realizes he's playing a rigged game, and always has been. The universe of the plotters isn't game-oriented in any way, and yet there's a similar restrictive structure to Rae Sang's life, and a similar rage against the machine that will remind you of Ji Hoon. If you're looking for more South Korean sci-fi weirdness from the author, his deeply strange novel The Cabinet dropped last week in translation, and is a similar, similar unsettling read-alike. I notice that's, an, that's another uh, part of this trope, is there's always like, other than Lord of the Flies, there's always a higher 
command. Like yeah. there's some kind of over beans that are making you do this or usually just doing it for the shits and giggles. Squid yeah. Game, it's the, just a bunch of fucking rich people were bored, which usually is always the case for these. Because right. Hunger Games kind of like that too. Rich people were bored. I saw the first Hunger Games movie. I couldn't tell you shit oh. about that. I, I, saw, I saw it because I think Mindy wanted to watch it. I don't remember. I'm not a Hunger Games guy. Gateway by Frederick. I don't know why I threw that R in there like that. (laughs) He's not at all fucking Spanish. (laughs) If anything, this guy's like Polish or something. Or Russian. Gateway by Frederick Pohl. Frederick Pohl's 1977 Hugo, Locust, and Nebula award-winning sci-fi novel might not seem like a natural pivot for a fan of Squid Game, but it's a perfect fit if you look at it from the right angle. Uh, I think that... If that won all those awards, we might have to check that out. Yeah. Because usually, like, the Nebula award-winning books are pretty good. Well, that's what I was <clears> thinking about. Like, most of these books seem pretty yeah. pretty interesting. More up our alley than some of the lists we cover. Yeah. In a future where the wealthy can live more or less forever thanks to health care far beyond the means of the vast majority of the people, the desperate, which is basically everyone else, travel to Gateway to take their chances by piloting one of a fleet of derelict alien ships left rotting on the asteroid. No one understands the controls or navigation systems, so people form crews and activate the vessels, risking horrifying death on their travels. Your chances of popping up inside a supernova aren't exactly zero. Ooh. In the hope of discovering something valuable. Not unlike on that certain 456 people on an island near South Korea, people strategize and scheme in a deadly game that ends in incredible wealth or death. Liar Game by Shinobi Kaitani. I I just, these book covers all look like manga covers to me. Yeah, they do. I noticed that whenever I was flipping through yeah. yesterday. Oh, well, this one is a manga. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but the other one, the, uh, which one was that? No, not that one. The Battle Royale looks like a manga cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought it was a manga, but it, it was not. It's an actual novel. But this one is a manga. Uh, Liar Game. This manga will fit perfectly into the Squid Game size hole in your soul. A college student receives a package containing a fortune in cash and is informed she's playing the Liar Game. She must try to cheat her fellow contestants out of their cash by any means necessary while avoiding being cheated in kind. Losers take on a massive debt equal to their losses, leaving them ruined for life. The simplicity of the setup echoes the childlike games in Squid Game. While the ruthless determination of the players to save themselves will definitely remind you of a few of the people in the green jumpsuits, especially as several Liar Game participants attempt to undermine the rules and steal back a modicum of their humanity and take a stand against the unseen forces pulling the strings. We'll just skip this one because nobody likes Stephen King. No. Nobody in this room. Next up, The Long Walk by Stephen King. You like this book? Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, my titties are hot now. If Squid Game were just... Do you have that cover? Uh, no, because mine is a... Is a Bachman a, cover? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a collection of most of the Bachman books. Ah, nice, nice. If Squid Game were just one game stretched to a punishing extreme, you might have The Long Walk, the first novel Stephen King ever wrote. It was eventually published years into his career under a pseudonym, Richard Bachman. In a dystopian future, The Long Walk is the most popular game show on TV. 100 teenagers must walk continuously and... Until only one is left standing. If they fall below a certain pace, they are warned and eventually shot. I would not play that game. Though I think we would be really good at that game. (laughs) Right? We've had uh, experience walking long distances. We would have been probably. Yeah, maybe. Well, I might be alright now still. As the walk stretches out over days and days, the grueling nature of the game slowly grinds everyone down, stripping them of their humanity and their hope until they're all like sang-woo at the end, eager for it all to be over. Now, if I couldn't eat, that's a different story. 
I got to be able to eat while I'm walking. If I can't eat a fucking, you know, couple hours in, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm dead. Go but ahead. you got to be careful because you can't stop to take a shit. Just shit and go. Just walk and poop. What? Can't do that. What, what are you, some kind of animal? You can't just fucking duke and run? <laughs> run and duke? What was that George Carlin bit? You know what you never see? You never see a guy <laughs> sprinting down the street shitting or something. Yeah. Guy shitting while he's running at full speed. And then Jackass did it. Or no, that was CKY that did that, I think, back in the day. Next up is Hit by Delilah S. Dawson. I like that cover. It looks like a credit card. Yeah, yeah, it does. In the future, a corporation pays off the U.S.'s debt and essentially owns the government and, by extension, the indebted citizens toiling away in a bleak, broken economy. I didn't think that was a possibility until I just read that sentence, but that sounds like something that could happen. What? A corporation yeah. buying the U.S. government because, oh. because they cover their debt. Oh, yeah. And now we're just do you know, we're at the whims of a bunch of billionaire fucks. Well, you know, they say, like, uh, you know, there's talk about bringing up, like, those, like, work towns again. Oh, what's a work town? Like, a... like you know, like how the old mine? Oh, yeah. Would the, the, the mine would be in the town, and that so the town owned, like, the, the houses and the land. They, like, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you're just... Working to pay the people that you're getting your money from to work and to buy the, all the stuff at their stores. Because that so, works so well in, like, Ireland, Japan, like, all these places yeah. where that was the main stay. With, with, that was, like, a talk with, like, you know, Amazon was talking about bringing yeah. in, like, trying to do stuff like that. And, like, oh, well, that, yeah, because that works so good. So, like, I could definitely see... Yeah, I want Amazon so, like, to own my fucking house. Yeah, so instead of being, like, a work state, it's just a work country. Yeah. When your debts come due, your life is forfeit, but some are offered an out. If they agree to work as assassins and murder ten other debtors, Jesus, they can walk away scot-free. Teenage Patsy chooses to do the dirty work to pay her mother's astronomical health care bills, and the story gets crazy pretty fast, but though violent and fast-paced, the novel somehow still has time for a romantic subplot and a slow-burn revelation about what's really going on. I would, I would just, yeah, I would just, killing spree probably yeah. right uh-huh. like if the government did that i would just lose it i think i just i'd become one of them nuts i'd be fucking rioting and doing i don't know maybe i would play along for a little bit oh yeah see how it goes see that. how it goes maybe maybe, so maybe for a cool 20 to 80 years yeah. just you know however because i'm sure they'll find a way to keep you alive for a long time too free labor uh next up the hunger games by suzanne collins was the hunger games actually well written i don't know i because I, I know heard... Stephen King always shit on Stephanie Meyer, but did he have a problem with Suzanne Collins? No, but well, I know whenever he would shit on Stephanie Myers, he would always use like Harry Potter as a good example of yeah. like. But uh, I don't know about the Hunger Games. I never, I don't remember ever hearing anything bad about the Hunger Games. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's a YA for you know all I you know for all I know I think it's just like a normal YA, but I don't think it's like poorly written or anything like. Twilight shittily written, or Fifty Shades of Grey, which is adult Twilight, is worse written. Yeah. Well, duh, if you're looking for a story about a group of people engaged in violent combat while a team of dedicated professionals tweaks their environment for dramatic effect, this iconic sci-fi series is probably already at the top of your list. Did not realize the sentence was going to be that long. <laughs> did, did, I wouldn't. Did, I wouldn't have went in with the dumb voice if I knew I was gonna be reading it for that long. At first, I thought you were trying to go goofy, and I was like, "No, nah, that's not quite goofy." Nah, I thought it was just gonna be like you know a couple words. I didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Every year, a boy and girl from each of the twelve districts of Panem messed that up probably are selected to be the tributes in the Hunger Games as punishment for an attempted rebellion that happens generations ago, and murders ensues. People get the fucking gist. They see in the movies. 
Uh, here's one I haven't heard of. Panic by Lauren Oliver. Uh, that's kind of a cool cover. It actually reminds me of the uh, Watchmen cover, but with a lady falling. Oh, yeah, I see that. Better watch out, Alan Moore will fucking sue. Because he's even got a circle that could easily be turned into a smiley face. Yeah. Lauren Oliver's 2014 novel has been adapted into a streaming series as well, but you should definitely read the source material. The tiny town of Carp, New York, doesn't offer much hope to its residents, but an underground game offers a way out in the form of a $67,000 prize. Panic is a series of increasingly dangerous challenges. The first is a 40-foot leap into a lake in total darkness, and things get much nastier quickly. Overseen by two anonymous judges, the contestants' desperation to break free from their bleak circumstances is palpable. And as the plot twists out of control, things spiral into a state literary scientist called Bonkers. I've never heard of literary scientist. The ending may be a little happier than many of these stories, but the theme questioning whether it's worth betting your life against enough money to change it is all too familiar. I can tell you this, I would not bet my life for $67,000. No. That's not very much. Can't even buy, like, a really, really nice car for that. Yeah, right? This is a fucking cool cover. Alice in Borderland by uh, Hado Aso. Yeah, that's weird. Funky. Also adapted into a TV series on Netflix. I might have to check that out. This manga tells the story of three friends who make the mistake of wishing they could lead more exciting lives. When they're tra- Always a terrible mistake. Always fucking awful. When they're transported to the Borderland, which resembles an empty post-apocalyptic version of the world, they get exactly that. I did see a trailer for this at some point. Uh, this was like a kung fu movie, wasn't it? Or a series or something? Maybe. What? This definitely sounds super familiar. Oops! People trapped in the borderland must play deadly games in order to gain a visa that lets them live, and refusing to play or losing the games leads to a very real death. Squaring off against others trapped in this grim alternate world, the three friends must kill or be killed in a series of increasingly vicious competitions. If the main appeal of Squid Game for you is the deadly games, this is what you should be reading. We're almost done, Spencer. What? Yeah, buddy. Next up, Docile by K.M. Zapaza. 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 But 20 minutes later. Zapaza. Caleb, are you broken? S-Z-P-A-R-A. K.M. Zapara. That's just a guy in a tuxedo. Looks like James Bond, but he has no face. His face is blurred out. It's erased, actually. If you found the themes of debt, wealth, disparity, and desperation compelling in Squid Game, this novel is your jam. By the way, I'm not going to read any of these that are about the desperation of the poor class and everything because it just is fucking depressing and I've lived it. I've been in the Hunger Games. I've been in all these stories at some point. If you guys knew me and Spencer's lives before we did the podcast, there was lots of murder and it was fucking games we were forced to play. Don't ask. And we didn't win any money, though. Yeah, so yeah, that wasn't even for anything. We just did that because we were bored. Yeah, we we actually, you know how most of these we said were started by some rich, you know, higher ups. No, we started the games ourselves. We forced other people to play with us. <laughs> Come play with us forever well, and ever. Well, play a game. <laughs> you want to die tonight? I'm going to say that every episode now. You want to die tonight? In a slightly more horrifying future America, debt has become a burden handed down from generation to generation. With most people indebted to the super wealthy, in order to pay off what you owe, you could volunteer to become a slave to whoever owns your family debt for a specific period of time. By the way, most of these things are based on things that have already happened. The yeah. whole debtor-slave thing was very real for most of human history. Serfs, actual slaves, uh, what were they called in uh, Japan? Not servants, but uh, pretty much serfs. Like, you're always some kind of serf, but you you know, you you pretty much are just the emperor does, you know. Or not even the emperor, like the local shoguns, like rule you and stuff. It just fucking sucks. Whoever just had the money. 
Yeah, so uh, in this story, you got to fucking pay off your debts. Next up is Gambling Apocalypse Kaiji by Nobuyuki Komoto. Nobuyuki Komoto. Uh, this is a manga, and I do not like the art on the cover of this one. Yeah, it's very simple. I don't like the cartoony, simple style like that. Just like Squid Game's Jihoon, Kaiji Ito is a gambling addict who lives in perpetual poverty and shame. One day, he's tricked by a loan shark into participating in a deadly high-stakes gambling event based on the game Rock, Paper, Scissors. <laughs> Jeez, never do that. The loan shark assumes he won't make it out alive, but he emerges victorious, which leads him to compete in more and more dangerous gambles. There's a typo there. I'm going to start writing into these articles. But hey, by the way, on paragraph 39, line 5, you had a typo. You said complete. It's supposed to be compete. <laughs> Just so you know. Just so you know. Puts glasses on. The way Kaiji's fortunes bounce wildly between temporary triumph and miserable defeat, at one point he finds himself in a labor camp to pay off his debt, a process that will take decades, mimics the experience of any habitual gambler, gambler, and the deadly nature of his bets definitely has the same dark, desperate vibe Squid Game gives off in spades. Oh, I don't want to read the next one. Why? I don't want to read it. Do I got to read it? I don't want to read it. Uh, can, you, can you guess what it is? You're not going to guess because you didn't fucking read the book. Oh, man. I'll show you the cover. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Gross. I don't want to read it. Do you agree? No, I don't. I think it's fucking garbage. Next up, Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk. I want to know how this guy, this spin doctor <laughs> who wrote this article is going to make this sound like a good book to read. It's not, folks. Don't read Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk. It's gross and it sucks. And I like gross stuff, but it's stupid. <laughs> Dumb. Fucking garbage. A kind of hybrid between a novel and a short story collection. It's a short story collection, pretty much. Haunted tells the story of 17 aspiring writers who agree to be locked inside an abandoned theater for three months in order to isolate them and ostensibly inspire them to write their novels. That's the good part. <laughs> Alternating between the stories they write, including Guts, one of the most distressing, visceral reading experiences ever put to paper. It's fucking stupid. Guy gets his butthole tube stuck in the uh, bottom of a pool suction thing. Yeah. And sucks all his guts out. But he he lives. Mm, that sounds terrible. Chuck Palahniuk goes into very great detail about how he could see the fucking vitamin he took that morning. He could see it in the lining of his uh. intestine. So that's what you're getting into. Um, anyway, and the things that happened to them inside the retreat, the parallels between the theater and the squid game complex becomes clearer as the story progresses. Seeking heightened drama and stakes in the hopes of gaining reality TV fame and literary success... Each participant sabotages an aspect of the retreat until the group has descended into bloody violence and body horror. Just like Squid Game, there's a moment when the writers can choose to turn away from the madness and instead they choose violence. I hope they don't ever make a movie or a show about this. Hated it. Very few books I just don't like at all. Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk pissed me off because it was like gross to be gross but not good. Like I don't like... like just make it good. Just make it good. That It was there to be good. And he just didn't make it good. Uh, that was the last one, too. That's that's a damn shame. So which one besides Chuck Palahniuk's Haunted are you really excited to read? I mean, there was a, uh, there was a couple in there that seemed pretty interesting. Um, I want to read Battle Royale. Yeah. I would definitely check out some of those mangas, too, because that would be quicker reads. Uh, da, da, da. We should probably read Lord of the Flies for the podcast sometimes, but I just... I, I don't want to read depressing stuff anymore. Especially, like, kids. Oh. Like, like, little children murdering each other. After Blood Meridian, I don't have it in me to read these awful, dark, 
sad tales of woe. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. I want something so, happy. It, like that's why I'm reading Lord of the Rings. It broke you. It didn't. Well, they, that broke me because it was so fucking boring. But even leading up to that, like, because I read Revival and it was a really good book, and I'm like, God damn, is this depressing? <laughs> like, can we have something happy? Because even the Norm Macdonald book, like, that was very funny. But what did I read before that? The Dregs of the Day. That was depressing as shit. Guy just, his wife dies and he doesn't want to confront it. So he just goes around town doing everything but going home to bury his wife. Ugh! That's, that's sad. You know, I should let you borrow uh, Neverwhere. Is that a pick-me-up or is that sad too? No, it's, it's a pick-me-up. It's a new gaming book. doesn't mean anything. Actually, all his books are very happy. Yeah. Usually. Even uh, when they're, like, sad and depressing, they're still kind of, like, happy. Maybe after I finish the Lord of the Rings trilogy, read... What's that next book I'm reading? The, another Mar- Martina kind fucking... What was that? I posted it in the literature group today. I, I keep forgetting the title of it. Uh, I, I pre-ordered it. Uh, something about dead. I don't even look. That looks like one of them fancy books that I don't like to look at, read about. The Quick and the Dead by Martina Kain. Uh That's a short story collection. Uh, so I'm going to read that, and then I got, we'll do a her, uh, Mirakami Minute, and we'll read that Elephant Vanishes. Is that the one we're reading? I think so. Or Dance Dance. I bought a bunch when we were in yeah. Ann Arbor, so I don't remember which one. I think it was uh, Elephant Vanishes. But I'll, those will be pick-me-ups. His books, even yeah. if they are depressing, they're so weird, it makes you happy. Uh, so we'll read those, and then I'll read some Yukio Mishima and go right back to Depressed Town. <laughs> Everybody dies in those, usually. Uh, so anyway, folks, if you like this episode and you want me to read more Lord of the Rings quotes, uh, you can reach us at drunkenpenwriting.com. Please, please don't. Uh, Spencer really wants me to read more, but I need you guys to reach out and tell me. Thank you for, I don't have your name, who wanted me to read the, uh, I guess it's a, I mean, it's a poem, but that's how the book starts before the book. It's, it's that, and I'm assuming that comes up later, but on the actual ring, if you see the inscription, which you can't read that because you're not, you know. You yeah. don't speak Elfin. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be able to understand it. But it's the one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. So, yeah, Lord of the Rings podcast will be coming soon. Where we just calling you Elias. Where we just talk talk about that. And I don't like the GoBots. He was a Transformers guy, not yeah. a GoBot. So, anyway, we also got a bunch of Halloween submissions. And I've been publishing them a lot now. Like, we're getting more and more. So, those will be... They always wait till the fucking mid... October to send in the long stories. Well, cut them off then. Don't say no. Say no. Nope. We don't want them no then more. That's the Too late. We don't want them. Gotta follow the rules. Those are the rules. We said till oh. the end of the month. Um. Anyway, so go to drunkpenwriting.com for those. Read our great stories we have up there. You can follow us on Twitter at drunkpenwriting, where I barely post shit anymore. Uh, Facebook and Instagram at drunkpenwriting, and Spencer's OnlyFans is the. Uh, Cheyenne, Cheyenne Changeling. Changeling, yes. Changeling. You can see me change into things. You're not uh, hip to changelings, but they're pretty creepy. Yeah. They fucking steal your baby, and then they replace their baby with a gross version of your baby. It was just a way for Irish people to not feel bad about killing their diseased yeah. kids. Yeah, well. It's depressing. Uh, so thanks for listening, and until next time, what ring to rule them all? Fuck. <laughs>